0: hey hey episode number two all right this one is going to be one that you guys suggested and i knew about it a little bit but i didn't know like whatever we're getting into it um it's karen slover all right so september 27th 1996 a car was spotted on the side of the interstate i-72 i think at ten o'clock at night, it was abandoned, the doors were open, it was still running, the lights were on, so super weird. It was a black Pontiac Bonneville. I just said um again. I know I'm gonna have to edit all of this all over again with all the fucking ums. <sighs> it looked like a carjacking had occurred, but um a purse, a driver's license, that was all still in the car. The driver's license belonged to a 23-year-old girl, Karen Slover, obviously. When the police ran the plates, they saw that the car was registered to a 34-year-old dude named David Swan. And that was Karen's boyfriend at the time. She was a divorced young mom of a little boy. She was super pretty and wanted to be a model. She had actually just gotten her first modeling job she was working at herald and review newspaper at the time in advertising sales department she left work at around five o'clock at night to head to the babysitter's to pick up her kid and then she was going to head out to the mall in decatur to go shop for a dress so that's like what led up to the car being abandoned and her missing so she was missing for a couple days and then on october 1st Boaters on Lake Shelbyville see trash bags up on the shore. Like, you see trash bags by a lake, you know that's some bad news. I'm not sure if they went and looked in them themselves or just automatically called police. I hope they didn't look at them because just what a yuck. Um, so the bags that were ori- originally found contained a human head. And then other garbage bags began to surface, and they did a search of the lake and found more trash bags. They contained more body parts. The bags were weighted down with, like, chunks of concrete, cement, and then taped up with duct tape. After searching the whole scene and checking out the dental records of the remains that were found, it turns out that they did belong to Karen, and there was a drop of blood on a nearby bridge, too, that also... Belonged to her, so it confirmed that the remains were of Karen Slovers. The autopsy revealed that she was shot seven times, point blank, with a 22 in the back of the head, and then she was chopped up by a power saw. All right, suspects the first one was her ex husband, Michael Slover Jr., they had a violent past relationship, just not just terrible all around. But he had an alibi for that night. And that that was that he was working at Cub Foods. Cub Foods? Cub Food? What? I can't remember. As a security guard. Do you guys remember? I used to love going there. Because you go back to the back in the bakery. And they always gave out free cookies to the kids. That's... I used to love that shit. Suspect number two was her current boyfriend. What was his name? David. Yeah. Little, little creepy kid. He was already you know before all this he already had a little bit of a weird background he'd gotten in trouble before for impersonating the law and had spent some time in a mental ward i mean i guess that doesn't mean you're sketchy because you know we all lose our shit from time to time but whatever it was also reported that he had skinned a deer over a pool with a chainsaw like for the whole neighborhood to see so she got chopped up by a power saw he's skinning deer for a pool? I don't need... Why would you do that with a chainsaw? So he's looking real sketchy. His alibi for the night Karen went missing was that he was at a wedding rehearsal and then they had dinner afterwards, but he was 45 minutes late to the dinner and he couldn't be accounted for. Nobody knew where he was or what he was doing and he didn't really have an explanation for it either. He just wouldn't tell the cops what he was doing. Six months later, the police wanted to interview him again because... They thought he was for sure their guy. They interrogated him for four hours until he admitted that he was at the ATM at the bank. And from, I saw the pictures from the surveillance footage that they had because they actually confirmed that he was at the bank at the ATM. I don't know why he was there for 45 minutes. Could he not work a debit card or what? But it was over, like by, you know, Jackson Ford. And I think it's, I don't think it's a bank anymore. I think it's the... Like a realtor company. But there's that ATM back in that parking lot where Ventures was. A lot of people don't remember that either. And he had went to dinner over like across the street from where Carlos O'Kelly's was. What was that? I don't remember what that restaurant. I always thought it was TGI Fridays. But apparently it wasn't. It was something else. But that's where they were going to dinner. So yeah, you were there for 45 minutes and you literally just needed to cross the street. But he checked out and he didn't do it. So... Suspects number three were Jeanette and Michael Slover Sr., which was her ex-husband's parents, so her ex-in-laws, I guess. Like, first of all, they hated her, like, despised her. The mom, Jeanette, babysat her three-year-old kid, the son. Karen still had to, like, play nice with her so she could have that babysitting, (laughs) because... Finding somebody that you trust and that's actually going to take care of your kid to babysit, that's not going to charge you $1,800 a month is pretty hard to come by. So I get it. I I don't get why the mom acted like the way that she did towards her. It just doesn't make, it's just one of those creepy people. Like try to control a situation all the time. Jeanette was not caring. Like, just get over yourself. Not everything's about you. You don't need to control everybody else's lives. they were scared that karen was gonna become this famous model and move away with the kid and they would never get to see their grandson again now this bitch Jeanette, she was super fucking creepy she wanted that baby for herself she wanted soul custody the grandma like that's you've had your time to raise kids back up not yours move around like she treated believed and like pretended that she birthed this kid She, I even read somewhere that said that she had breastfed him or tried to or act like she was. I, that's super not okay. Um, the phone records showed that Karen's ex-husband called his parents 12 times the weekend she went missing. So there's some weird shit going on right there. They got a search warrant, the police did, to search their house. But there was no incriminating evidence at all. No evidence of foul play. None of that. But they also owned a used car lot. Like a mile down the road from their house. And usually it was just a pretty messy place. Like unorganized, overgrown, weeds, grass, all of that everywhere. Which is what you would expect from a shady ass car lot. It was called Miracle Motors. Mir- <laughs> okay, let's try again. Miracle Motors. I can't find where it actually was. Because I was probably, nobody was putting shit on the internet in 1996. So it's hard to look up. So, if you know, that would be pretty cool information. Well, now I lost where I was. Where am I in the story? Oh, yeah. The shitty-ass car lot. But right after Karen went missing, the car lot got a huge overhaul cleanup. Like, everything, it just looked nice. But things were thrown away, all that type of stuff. But that was obviously suspicious. So, the cops started focusing on the car lot and Jeanette and Michael as their suspects for right now so remember that duct tape that was holding the garbage bags together well there were a few hairs stuck to that tape around the tops of the bags and it wasn't human hair the silver's car lot was guarded by like junkyard dogs type situation they had a couple dogs that lived at the car lot and they tested those hairs against the dogs from the lot and it was a match this was one of the first instances where dog dna was used in a murder trial so that's pretty cool and those concrete chunks that were used to weigh down the garbage bag so they would sink in the lake they were also scientifically scientifically i promise i'm not that stupid i can say big words i'm just tripping over myself Anyway, um, those concrete chunks were tested against samples that were taken from the family car lot, and they determined that they were similar enough in makeup to confirm that it was more than likely from the same place. So with all that evidence, it still doesn't prove that Michael and Jeanette had actually committed the crime, though. Someone else could have easily done it, I guess, and just used their property. So law enforcement decided they needed a little more to go off of. So, a few two years after the murder, the fucking United States Army was brought in to help determine what was going on. They just needed a little bit more muscle. They removed 5,000 square feet of topsoil from the car lot to sift through to see if they could find anything in that dirt. Um, it took about six months of sifting and searching it was like 65 of those big-ass buckets worth of dirt. And guess what? They found some shit. A few buttons. Like buttons from Karen's jeans. From the white shirt she was wearing. So with all that, plus the matching dog hairs, all three, Jeanette, Michael Silver Jr., and Sr. were arrested and charged with murder in January of 2000. The trial begins, and two years later, on May 18th, all three were found guilty of first-degree murder. So, they got 60 years in prison off jump. Both the dad and the son were also charged with attempting to conceal a crime, which tacked on an extra five years, I think. So, I bet you're wondering what happened to her son, the little boy. Well, since all his family, his immediate family, is gone now, August 2003, he was adopted by Mary Slover, his aunt, which was Michael's sister, I'm guessing. I'm not too clear about that, so... But a judge said, uh, nope, and deemed her unfit because he thought that she probably knew about the murder. If it's her parents, then there's probably a good case for that. She knew about what was happening the whole time and was just trying to pull fast one. I don't know. Anyways, she, all of her, she, she didn't get to raise him anymore. And the boy ended up being raised by his mom's parents, which is where he should have been in the first place. Like, hello, your parents, this girl's parents killed his mother. So let's just go ahead and put him with that side. No, you probably shouldn't. He needs to be on the other side of the family. So anyways, that's piece of shit number two, three, and four. I realize this whole episode is way shorter. I guess it's not way shorter, but 12 minutes. Usually podcasts are like 30 minutes to an hour. But like I said, I'm just by myself. So I'm not going to put you guys through a whole 30 minutes of me talking, tripping over my words, sounding like a dumbass. Maybe... When I feel more comfortable, we'll get there. It's fine. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I forgot to say in the beginning of all this, which I should have said in my intro thing, is that this is all the way I'm telling these stories and the way I'm researching it is just through the internet. So a lot of it's Wikipedia, you know, WAND and news, Her- old Herald and Review. Um, whenever they redo and come out with information, I guess but also the fact that it's more of my opinion and how i feel i don't want well i can't really i can't really ask people not to get mad about it because if you are like a family member of somebody who committed the murder and you feel some type of way and you're mad at me for calling them a piece of shit i mean i'm sorry just a little bit cuz that would suck but i mean that's what it is. They're a piece of shit. If you killed somebody, you kidnapped somebody, you raped somebody, you physically harm somebody, or even mentally abuse, mental abuse, mentally harm somebody, I don't fucking care. Like, that's your own... I just see, like, okay, I have a case that I could do that is a family member of mine who had actually got murdered, but I'm kind of scared because I don't want the backlash because these kids' moms are up in court all the time, like, free my baby, he didn't do nothing. You straight up killed somebody for no reason, for a game. So, I don't want me talking like that about somebody's child or somebody's family member to come back on me and i end up being murdered and someone's gonna have to take this over and then tell the story of how i got murdered for talking shit about a killer i'm just so please don't take it like that i guess i'm not sure what to say about that please don't kill me um so yeah bye